0: Hey, Peaches. Hi, Peaches. Welcome to Let's Talk Peaches, the podcast. We're your hosts, Nicole and Lindsay. The Let's Talk Peaches podcast is a community that empowers others to go after the life they want. We are constantly asking the question, how can we set ourselves up, mind, body, and soul to achieve the happiness and success we deserve? If you're a new peach, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you're a returning peach, thank you so much for tuning back in. We really appreciate that. Hit that big subscribe button on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to us on. We put out new episodes every Every Monday. Monday. All right, let's dive into the episode. hello peaches hi peaches welcome, welcome back, back. <laughs> <laughs> welcome back for another episode of let's talk peaches the podcast we're so happy to have you here so happy to have you here today we are recording we have two recordings today so yeah, we it's have a busy a day it's a busy day, day for us but boy do we have an amazing episode for you today um we are speaking with natalie who is also also known as uh, natty style and we ha- she's just she's a beautiful soul. Yeah. Lovely and energy. Great energy. Yeah. Um, She uh, she has had I, I think just like the she had no other path but to like end up on this one. Yeah. Um, She's really good at listening to her gut and to the universe. Mm-hmm. And that's really taken her to success. It's sure so, It's so it sounds. And so she shares her story. We talk a lot about About styling and the importance of expression and taking risks, like taking risks. She has this lovely way of just doing, following her gut, trying new things, not being afraid of you know, if that's not the thing that we stick with for the rest of our yeah. lives, she's just really a afraid. bold person yeah. um, and a very kind person, a very self-aware person. Yeah. Yeah. And I must say, Peaches, so at the time of this recording, I personally, me, Lindsay, <laughs> am being um, torn apart by this decision that I have to make that I will share more about, I'm sure, in the future. But um, so I, as you listen, just know that everything that we're talking about in this episode, especially the second half, is resonating resonating with me so much. so much, so I definitely feel like, and here's another thing. so Natalie was supposed to come on a couple of weeks ago, and through it was like dur- like it, a couple of different times we've had to reschedule. So I wonder if it's a divine timing that this conversation, that this conversation happened this weekend where I have to make a decision by the end of the weekend. <sighs> yes, yep, anyway, so Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like we said like guys, really really good chat, really good chat, yeah, I just figured that they would yeah, that's that. no, yeah. super um. Okay. Uh, interesting yeah but uh but yeah so we'll we'll hop right in like we said super amazing chat lives be h- for you and natalie is amazing mm-hmm. so um we'll dive right in brb peaches with natalie All right, Peaches, we have the lovely Natalie with us. Hi, how are you today? Hey, I'm great. How are you? We are awesome. Great, great, great. We like to start off every episode by asking, what's up, Peach? So how's your week going? How's the day going? A little gut check.
1: I mean, the day's great. It's Sunday morning. I'm never this productive on a Sunday. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I got up early, I made a big breakfast, and then I started making some sweet potato brownies for the first time. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I was a little ambitious for right before this, so I was like checking that they're not burning and trying not to explode the kitchen, so I haven't tasted them yet. I can't tell you if they were successful, but...
0: Oh, well, we're looking forward to hearing how the outcome came. We just, (laughs) we recently just had like little brownie bites that were made from like black beans. We're vegan, so...
1: Yes. Oh, great. So you guys probably have great recipes for this. Were they good? I, well, I've never... I've never tried with, with I try potato, them.
0: but no, they were good. I thought they were good. Grandma, cause we, we... I've baked with beans, but like I've, cause we bought those and I've baked with, I've made like brownies or like little bites with beans before. Oh, you have? Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't, I, I didn't think it was bad. No, it's um, like, it's grandma a good was texture for like, you know, grandma tried them. She was like, this is not, not good. It, yeah. not I was but <laughs> I'm like, where's my lard? Where's right, lard? No, <laughs> where's yeah, yeah. And she's a baker. No, yeah. She, grandma like is not the most emotional person. Her love language or she shows you that she loves you by baking you things. Yeah. So when we went, right. ve- when we went vegan, she was, she's, a, she's just like, I made you a vegan apple crumble.
1: i mean i don't know if you find this though i feel like vegan baking is one of the easiest things because there's so many easy swaps yeah yeah and
0: there's so many like three ingredient recipes that are yeah Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Agreed. Chicken yeah.
1: eggs, flax eggs, all about it. I've done a lot <laughs> yeah. of the vegan baking world, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. well, we're super
0: excited to hear how the sweet potato goes. I've never did a dessert with sweet potatoes. Yeah. I yeah. love sweet potatoes, mm-hmm. so.
1: I'll keep you posted.
0: Amazing. <laughs> so... We'll get started. For people who have never heard of Natalie before, do you want to give a little rundown of who you are, what you do, what you're all about, all of the good stuff?
1: Yeah, sure. So my name is Natalie DeCleve. My business name is Natty Style. And that started because Natty was my nickname growing up. And Natty means, by dictionary definition, dapper and well-dressed. So when I became a stylist, it was kind of a... Universal. Natural fit. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been my Instagram name from the beginning. And um, I essentially work with private clients as a personal stylist and have since 2009. So I work with both men and women. Um, prior to that, I was in high fashion doing PR and sales at Diane von Farsenberg, Rufus Albemarle, um, Albemarle of London, and Kiki de Molpernass. So I did a bunch of events and PR and sales for those companies. And kind of decided in 2009 that I wasn't totally fulfilled. I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. So I left my job just with the idea of clearing my space to figure out what that next step would be. And I was kind of in that space. I also wanted to make money. So I thought, what's one thing that I can do without having another boss, without signing a contract, without figuring anything else out right now? Well, I can help people edit their wardrobes. So I was like, let me just see if there's a demand for, you know, organizing and editing your closet. And then from there, I realized that, well, then people want to fill it with things. So why don't I use my styling experience to help them shop? And so what started as a total, like, filler, you know, move, make some cash in the meantime, really snowballed and became my full-time career. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. (laughs) I feel like there's so many
0: divine, divine timing things in your story, or even like down to your name, having the right name and like it just being so suited to what you've been passionate about in your life, which is so cool. And then I think it's so badass to just leave a job like to leave a comfy job because it's not serving you without kind of knowing exactly what you have next or even what you want to do next. And like Taking the risk and the leap to just create that space, because that's not an easy decision to make. And then you kind of just landed upon what you were supposed to be doing. Like, that's pretty,
1: that's pretty cool. Thank you. It was, it was really scary. I mean, this was a million years ago now, too. This was 2009. Mm -hmm. So... It was the middle of the recession. Everybody thought I was insane. I had a cushy job um, and a cool job. You know, I got to travel for work all the time. And social media wasn't what it is today. Yeah. No, nope, no, nope. it was a totally different world. And but I kind of figured, you know, if you can make it during that time, you can make it anytime. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it definitely felt very kismet. And I think the through line in my career and my life has always been kind of like follow your gut and don't necessarily do what makes sense. So mm-hmm. that felt true in that moment too, where it didn't make sense to quit my job in the middle of recession. It didn't make sense to start a business that was based on people having expendable income. Mm-hmm. But that's what felt right, you know, and I was looking to use the power of fashion to build self-confidence and use it for what I was drawn for it, drawn to it for and the things about it that felt so fulfilling as opposed to just using it as a tool for sales you know and and previously just kind of driving a brand's end goal of selling whereas now i was able to work with individual people and really build self-confidence and find out what they needed from their personal style and how that could kind of help them voice who they were in the world
0: yeah i've always been someone that expresses myself through my style like mm-hmm. i've had many different versions of my style like when I was in middle school to is was very different, but I was still it was still very important to me. I've always been someone that expresses how I feel on the inside, on the outside, which is what I love about style. And I think it can be such a powerful thing. What's your relationship with style been like throughout your life? When did you know that that was like a thing that you were passionate about?
1: Yeah. I mean, very much. Similar to you i i we have videos of me as a kid with like thirty five bows in my hair, and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so many accessories and you know the more the merrier and uh, I also remember like in college, I went to school in North Carolina, I grew up in California, I went to school in North Carolina, and I remember getting dressed and wearing a headscarf out to the nightclub one night and <laughs> had like these like burgundy bell bottom jeans. Are not even jeans. They were corduroys, burgundy mm-hmm. bell bottom corduroys, and like a headscarf on. And I was like, I can't wait to move to New York City <laughs> or to move to somewhere where I can express myself in a way that, like, you know, feels great no matter what. Mm-hmm. Because in North Carolina, everybody's kind of like, "What are you doing?" For you know, we're sure, sure. all wearing flip flops. Like it was just not the vibe. <laughs> My friends were great, and it was super fun and supportive, you know. But um, I remember that moment, just being like, I can't wait to be in a place where that can be expressed.
0: We would have that same thought all I know. the time. Totally relate. Cuz yeah. we grew we, up we in... grew up in in the suburbs of Connecticut. Oh, okay. And I would wear in middle school, we are we're twins, and in middle school that was me going through my like I want to be an individual, like <laughs> don't define me by my by the fact that I'm a twin. And so I would wear these like neon anything, glitter anything, like anything to stand out. Anything that caught my eye, I would buy. Yeah. And I that was subconscious. I didn't realize why I was doing it. <laughs> there was one time um it was one time I wore tutu to school, yeah. which was pretty brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> pretty brilliant. I mean, I'm, I was, that was must have been, like, seventh grade, so. Great.
1: Like, Great time to be in the tutu. Yeah, I love like it. I think
0: that's, what, like, 13 or 12? <laughs> probably
1: with combat boots or something. Probably. Oh, my God. <laughs> Lindsay, probably, oh, had, yeah.
0: Lindsay had these oh, construction boots that, that, that were heels, Heeled construction boots. Oh. <laughs> and and, I, and yeah. I would wear them with, like, a long bright red bozo red flannel so i looked like the most feminine construction worker you could have ever imagined
1: i feel like i'd wear that today yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and,
0: and our I, and our our mom was just like because she would go shopping with us when we were young and like be like that's what you want yeah that's it that's it and Lynn was like yes thank
1: you <laughs> and god bless her for letting me <laughs> do it sure. because that's so important too i also remember doing that when i was probably like seven my dad would always drag me around to like Home Depot and Sears and like boring errands, you know, and when it was like, you know, my mom was like, I'm doing something else. Take her on your errands. So I, he brought me to Sears once I think we were getting a new washer and dryer or something extremely boring. And on the way back out of the store, he was like, okay, as a consolation prize, you can pick anything you want from the clothing section. And I was like, this right here <laughs> neon pink leotard spandex full <laughs> outfit with like a crop top that tied amazing <laughs> it amazing like it had spandex underneath so you don't see a belly because you're only seven like right, right, <laughs> I right. love that I love it was, that it was amazing. Yeah. my whole family was like we need sunglasses to look at you yes. like
0: <laughs> yes yes that was me that was me my entire middle school career it was great, great. yeah and I remember my dad was always because my mom would be like are you sure you want to wear that and then my dad would always be like hey as long as her vagina is not out. I Her really bits don't are care. covered. Yeah,
1: Right. <laughs> That's a good rule of thumb. I
0: was like, good. Yeah, I'm glad we agree. <laughs> great. Yeah, styles. Style so important. It, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think everyone goes through that phase of life where you're just like, experience. Like, I remember when, being young and being like, how do people not know who they are? And then reaching a particular age and being like, I don't know, do I like this? Does this feel right? It's like a, I think it's a rite of passage to kind of experiment in that way. Totally. And I'm sure we go through that like styles, like styles change, new things come into play, like even nowadays. And so we're always kind of dealing with that on some sort of level. A question that I have is like, what questions do you ask someone to like gauge what their style is or what things that you pick out for them? Or is it have a lot to do with their personality?
1: Yes. When you are working with a client? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So I always ask a bunch of questions when I first meet someone, including what is a style icon or idol that you really admire? Are there any examples of people whose style you love? Um, And also, is there a message that you'd like to convey through your style? But honestly, those questions are one tiny element. Usually Mm -hmm. what happens is as soon as I meet someone, I am able to just kind of pick up more what would work for them and what they're looking for based on our conversation, based on their personality, based on their lifestyle. And I also think that's like one of those things that comes with time, like having spent a lot of time with people and having been doing this for a long time and being a generally pretty intuitive person. I've always loved people. I love working with people. I try to really uh, level with people. You know, I think that's something that sets me apart from a lot of stylists is I try to make it a really approachable experience. And it's very much about bringing out who they are, as opposed to allowing me to show off some, you know, trends that I really want to show that I'm able to pull together or whatever. So yeah, it's it's that's a huge part of how I dress someone is finding out who they are and what they need before we even get started.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And were you always like, were you self taught? Or did you get like, with in terms of um, learning how to style and like, what's good and what's not? Or did you ever take like a class or something? I don't even know if there's such a thing.
1: There at the time there were not, I think there Mm -hmm. might be more now um, with, you know, social media and all the online options Mm -hmm. that we have. So yeah, it was completely self-taught. Like it happened by accident and then I was kind of fumbling along until I figured out my process. You know, I went Mm -hmm. through different phases where I had more of a questionnaire, a more structured process. And then as I kept going, it became more and more intuitive and sort of settled in. And in terms of the styling itself, like how to put things together, it was completely intuitive. You know, you're you're always kind of teaching yourself if you're already interested in that world, right? Like Mm -hmm. you're doing the research by reading magazines, by shopping, by being in stores, by just paying attention, you know, like to me I always say my number one inspiration is living in New York City. The street style that you see here is everything. Like right. I all of a sudden, you know, what you see. Ever, in magazine, anything goes. Yeah. Anything yeah. goes and people pull it off so well. And yep. you know, there's so many people who really have creativity and vision. Mm -hmm. And it's also functional and in the everyday. So, of course, it's amazing reading magazines and watching celebrity style and all those things. But really what's interesting when you're dressing people for everyday life is seeing people in their everyday lives, you know? Yeah, absolutely. How do you pull off this trend but also wear it to brunch in Soho? Right. As opposed to like on a red carpet, which – you know, I don't know about you, but I'm not on a red carpet every day. So. No, uh-uh. yeah. no same, not same quite ideas. yet. Not
0: yet. <laughs> yeah. Someday. I remember when we, we – I don't think we had moved there yet, but we – Uh, I think we were visiting like we took a day trip in with some friends to the city and uh, we were walking down the street and there was somebody that was that had this because like there we were walking with one of our friends and he's like there's fashion and then there's high fashion and like I'm sure we'll see examples today. And so who are you walking with it was Zach. Okay. And so we uh, walked past a bunch of people that like looked really nice and had like very like on trend style. And then there was somebody that had like like neon or like metallic leggings like a huge fluffy jacket big sun like big sunglasses and they were just like very extra and he and then we walked past them and our friend was like that's high fashion like (laughs) they they're risky they're bold that's the like that's high fashion and one of like what you were saying one of my favorite things about New York is you have that you could wear whatever it is that you feel most you in and nobody's gonna look at you sideways yeah
1: totally yeah, it's, it's definitely gives a lot of freedom and a lot of inspiration.
0: Mm-hmm. I wish like, cause you were, you know, like I wasn't like, you know, in North Carolina or even like we were more artsy people, um, in, in our, in schools, our like yeah. younger friend group. And I wish more, like more places were just like, oh, you know, less, less sensitive to different articles or styles. Yeah.
1: Right. Cause it comes across as judgment a lot of times, you right. know, and really it's just people feeling uncertain about themselves and then it becomes a projection onto you. And, you know, I think that that happens also as adults, right? Like you meet people all the time who are really frightened to wear certain things because they're worried what their friend group would say, what their husband would say, you know, what would people think if I wear this thing that I don't usually wear? Mm -hmm. Um, And so it can be really freeing to have somebody say, it's okay to wear that thing. Like you actually look amazing in it, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and it gives people like sort of that Validation sometimes yeah. that they need to just have somebody give them the opportunity to play. Right. Yeah. To right. Think outside the box.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're, what you wear on your outside is your most, you know, is an expression of yourself. And you need, to, and it can really invoke confidence, like a power suit, you know, like it can, it yeah. can change the game for you if you show up feeling good in what you're wearing and feeling confident. And so I guess a question for you, cause you like see this all the time is like, why is it so important to find your style and feel good in your clothes? Like why are clothes so important?
1: Yes. I always say it's like you, as soon as you're able to automate that and feel really confident in that, you don't have to waste the energy on it. So, if you know that you look and feel great, you can pay attention to everything in your actual world and not have this like internal fear. You know, if you're walking around feeling uncomfortable in your skin, uncomfortable in what you look like, you're on a podcast looking at the way that your sweater's sitting, you know, or you're talking to somebody and thinking, oh gosh, like, does my hair look okay? Or is this color weird? Is this person thinking this about me because of the way I'm dressed? I should have worn this. I should have worn that. You know, I don't yeah. look good enough, whatever. And you know, if you're in a business situation, you're in a romantic situation, you're in a social situation, anything, you don't want to be worried about that. You want to mm-hmm. be just have that automated, know that you look great and and feel strong, then face in the world. And that's like I, I think going back to middle school, going back to that sort of foundational time. I remember being in middle school and high school and feeling that way when I had a great outfit on. I felt good all day, and when I had an outfit that I felt self conscious in it would ruin my day, you know, right. it's like kind of all you're thinking about. Yeah. And I think that carries on, you know, it's kind of still true.
0: Mm-hmm. So I agree.
1: yeah, it's a powerful tool.
0: I agree. Absolutely. I kind of want to go back a little bit and ask you, what specifically was it that made you because we keep saying that you kind of were like, I kept fumbling along and like, just until I found like, this process that worked for me. But what gave you the courage to sort of really take this risk and make the jump to start something new? Was Mm -hmm. it just like, I have to do it because I'm unhappy. And like, I feel like this is just like, this was what feels right. Or was there like a support system that you had? Like what gave you the the courage to take take that jump?
1: Sure. I think it was a combination of factors like it always is. Um, I definitely knew that I had more to offer. That was like my drive in my job. I just felt like even though it seemed really cool on the outside, there were so many checks and balances to actually be creative in that role mm-hmm. that I felt like I wasn't being useful, you know? So I was, I felt stunted creatively. I started writing a blog at the same time. So, and this was again, like when blogs were super relevant, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, And so that was just a creative outlet. And then, you know, leaving the job, I had originally thought I was going to look, I had been looking for other jobs. And I realized, until I removed all the distraction, I was never going to actually figure out anything new. So the courage was partially that I felt like I can keep spinning my wheels, or I can make a jump and do something. I also was pretty young at the time. I was sharing my apartment with my boyfriend in Brooklyn at the time. So finances were easier. And my support system in terms of our relationship was really great. He was a very outside of the box thinker. I was super supportive. He was an actor too. So he was like, listen, I don't work a weird, yeah. I work a weird job and I make yeah, it work. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, I think it was, you know, I was having him on my side, I was having my friends on my side to kind of say, okay, well, what are the things that you're, this was actually a really interesting conversation that we had that I think everybody should think about when you're thinking about making some kind of jump and you're not sure what, is what are the weird things that you're embarrassed to say make you happy? Like, what would you actually love to do if you weren't embarrassed to say it, you know, or if money were no object? And one of the things for me was I wanted to be more vocal and I wanted to have a voice. So whether that's through writing or through TV, I was like, I love that. Like being on camera for me is Mm -hmm. play. I love like entertaining. I love speaking in front of groups. Like none of that is intimidating to me. It's just fun and thrilling and like a challenge. And something that I always felt came naturally. So I was like, okay, how do I create a personal brand? And that's kind of where That was born. And had I not had that conversation, I don't think I would have admitted that to myself because, you know, growing up, your parents were like, okay, what are the office jobs that you're going to have? Like, how are you going to make money? Where are you going to get your 401k? You know, (laughs) how are you going to figure those things out? And um, then when you start to realize and you start to see other people, and it's much more common now, I think, than it was ever before, but working for yourself, working from home, once you see that that's possible, all of a sudden it's like this expander for you that you start to realize it's even possible for yourself and think about how you can make that happen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's,
1: that's like a, that's such a really good
0: question. A, it reminds me of, we had someone else on the podcast who talked about finding your your life purpose. And part of it was like, what is your superpower combined with how do you want to see the world be a better place and like combining those two things? I love that. Yeah. It's just kind of like another way of looking at where your talents are, and where mm-hmm. like what comes naturally to you, and what feels good, combined with what what do you want your objective and your mission to be? Mm-hmm. Because like everyone wants to make an impact, and everyone wants to um, see the world be a better uh, better than um, how they found it. Yeah, be a part about making the world a better place. And I mean, I think we all have more than one hidden talent, and I think asking that question, or more than one like superpower, and mm-hmm. asking the question like what are the mm-hmm. things. That you are embarrassed to say that you like or oh, that yeah, you're really good, good at ad. that give yeah. you fire. Because also like forces you to be honest with yourself and yeah. be like, what like what am I what am I actually yeah. good at? Like what are yeah. and and I think th- maybe the things that you're hiding are better to look at because um it's like tapping those, into a hidden market. Yeah, you know, like, like And it's like hidden within yourself. Let's like probably. not be afraid to pull out the things that maybe society makes us feel weird about weird about because like you shouldn't have to hide that side of yourself Mm -hmm. whatever it is and
1: whatever it is is what your magic is right Mm -hmm. you know like we all have these weird little things and sometimes if they don't fit the mold you don't realize what a power that is but how many times have you met someone that you're like they have this weird ability to blankety blank you know (laughs) like when you're tapped into that that's the magic like that's the power of all of it yeah and Yeah. I mean, for me, it was, I think, finding a way to be more creative within fashion and have like sort of a start and an end that I could feel proud of too. Um, I've always been, I mean, as a kid, I was like, I did every possible arts and crafts ever for like a week and then I would lose interest and (laughs) move on to the next thing. So I was like, This week, I'm an enameler. Like, I'm going to find a kiln. I'm going to fire up all these things. And I'm going to, I need to invest in all the dust and all these things. My parents were like, okay, (laughs) go take a class, do your thing. The next week, I'm like, now I'm light stenciling. I'm I'm making handmade cards for everyone. I'm going to sell them. It's going to be a big business. (laughs) I had all these ideas. And then as an adult, you're kind of like taught that you need to get serious and stay focused. And while I think that's definitely helpful, I think that. For someone like me, I did need to find what I could stay, what I could remain interested in. Um, I also think that part of my powers or my, like, what keeps me going is being allowed to get interested in something new all the time. And so now what that is for me is, A, I still write. So I have, again, like a start to finish. I get to, like, have a creation but also working with clients and meeting new people all the time. So mm-hmm. that feeds my need for novelty, you know, and, like, each person is a new challenge. Yeah. I think it's – it's I, I
0: love how, like, you really allow yourself to be playful and experiment yeah. and yeah. not and be afraid to – explore different things yeah, in life. Yeah, go different directions. Yeah. And it's making me – you had said it's okay to get started and not have everything figured out, not have every single detail known – of like how it's supposed to be because things change and like your desires change especially if you're someone who likes um challenge like to to try different things and like be stimulated in different ways Mm -hmm. and so that's something that I think keeps coming up on the podcast is like you don't need to have everything every single little thing figured out before you like start your new endeavor or like you have to be open to ebb and flow and change. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really what seems to have led to a lot of your success is that you're just like, I think I need to do this right now. And then you try it and maybe it sticks, maybe it doesn't. But and maybe it's the thing that, you know, this process of which you work with clients that seemed to
1: like be how it came to be. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, I think that's very true. I think that a lot of times perfectionists will get hung up in not starting a new project at all because you're worried about it being perfect. And you know, my weakness is probably follow through. Sometimes I'm not as detail oriented in my projects and things. And so that helped me in this situation because I was like, I'm just gonna start. I'm just gonna try yeah. it. And, mm-hmm. you know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And in in this case it did work and I found the thing that I could be a perfectionist about, you know, because I was consistently interested and I had such a vested interest in my clients and um and a personal attention. So yeah, I think not being afraid to jump in is for sure helpful.
0: I also feel like when you have access or when you've tried all of these different things, I don't know, you're like building up skill sets and rosters and perspective in your head that you can take into the thing that you do decide to be a perfectionist about, or just like in life. Like, I don't know. Do you, do you ever use any of like the things that you tried as inspiration to, to
1: styling? Oh, that's a good question. I think probably indirectly, just again, in that, in that willingness to try things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that translates into, okay, this outfit looks perfect, but what if we open the sweater and button the buttons differently? Or, you know, what if we try this with a totally unexpected boot or, um, things like that? And, Yeah, I think there's there has to be like, and and again, I think that's the benefit of working with someone else in general, you know, whoever that person is, is you get this third party objective view of who you are, Mm -hmm. right? You're not just looking in the mirror and saying, well, this is the way I always wear things. So this is how I would put it together. You have someone else saying, well, this is what would actually look great on you. Why don't you try this? And so you get kind of a new viewpoint.
0: What would you say what has been the hardest part about building your business? Like what's been a challenge? What's been the biggest challenge about like starting and keeping it going?
1: I think in the beginning was obviously finding clients. So, you know, I found a lot of clients through my network of friends and social network and people that I had met through my job. And luckily that snowballed pretty naturally, but it wasn't immediate. You know, there was still some time in there where I just had to have faith that it would come through. And I think the challenge now for me is I have a great client base, knock on wood, and I I feel like, you know, that's been, I've been very grateful for that. And um, the time, the part that I spend less time on is the social media side. So for me, that's less, like never been as much of a focus. And I know it probably should be now more than ever. And because I sort of raised my business in a different time period, I haven't really invested in that. And so you know, I think that people care about that more now than they did before. So I think that can be a bit of a challenge.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. Social media is kind of like sometimes it can feel like the, an iCloud, you know, it's like no one really knows no how to really work it
1: sometimes. <laughs> totally, totally. And it shifts all the time. All and you're the like, time. What? there's a new algorithm. Yeah. And like, I don't I don't I'm busy. Like, I don't. I'm not <laughs> oh, God, attention.
0: Yeah, i like uh, what social media is supposed to be like this tool to help us grow. But it, when it's shifting so often, like as soon as you nail it down, or like have some sort of rhythm, it changes again. Yeah, you're like, bummer. (laughs) Do you do you ever outsource like things like that? Or like have people like, do you have a team that helps you with everything? Or it's just you? I should, I should. It's just me. Yeah. Yeah. The advice that we get a lot from podcast guests, it's like outsource when like, outsource, outsource, outsource. And like, when you're not when you know that you're not good at something like, Give that task to someone else so that you can better put your energy into things that you know that you're you're really good at and really in tune with. I think it's also just like like what you did with your job, like clearing even if you're not like bad at it, like clearing space so that you can really focus on what you want to and be good at what you want to be good
1: at. Totally true. Mm -hmm.
0: I'd be interested to know what. The psychology is behind like styling and like Lindsay's a producer sometimes and I remember... sometimes well not well not sometimes <laughs> she's a pro- well she's a producer and then sometimes you'll go on sets and you're I you've said like I've seen talent in something that they don't feel comfortable or confident in and like it affects the outcome like their their performance
1: <laughs> and then and like so and I feel like that's like a way I don't know yeah. do, do you deal with that a lot yes and it's funny you ask that because I. Always I'm like, I should have been a psychology major because (laughs) I was always, when people would say like, what are the things that really light you up? It was, I would always say, what Mm -hmm. makes people tick? And I don't, I didn't know how to define that. I didn't know that that meant like sociology or psychology, but I was so driven by people's motivations and how they reacted to things and seeing how people could manipulate each other and, and how actions could change and how you could put different masks on. And, you know, all of that is just fascinating to me. And it's a huge part of styling for sure. I think, you know, you have to kind of read a person and where they are, understand how comfortable they are in their body, in their skin, in their, you know, everything. Find out what, how a fashion can help them versus throw them backwards. So sometimes if you put somebody in something that they're really not ready for, it can have the opposite effect. So you have to make sure that you're understanding a person. Yeah. And again, I think it like, it comes down to that intuition too and building that intuition, just having, paying attention, paying attention to who you're talking to and being able to read those things and then uh, adjust accordingly. You know, speak to them accordingly, take them to certain stores accordingly, try different styles accordingly. Like, everything is very personal.
0: Yeah, but it's, like, it's personal and then it's also – because I was also thinking, like, not taking it too personally and, like, being aware of, like – because I remember – like if, so, if someone, if a client, like if a client of yours is like, I don't like this, you don't take it personally. Like, well, I picked it out for you. Yeah. So it's oh, like, no. it's all about yeah. awareness and not, and like knowing that it's a personal experience for some person, for one person, but it's like, it's, it's just all about, what's making them feel good and, like, it's not about right. you, it's about the clothes. and For sure, for sure. I I also feel like it, it can be a balance, it, kind of flipping it back on the person that's, like, being dressed because there was a time that we had a photo shoot. Yeah, I'm thinking about the same. And I, yeah, and we we had a very specific idea of, like, what we wanted to be wearing for the photo shoot and we, like, hired a, hired a wardrobe person <laughs> and she just, like, brought things that weren't quite what we – what we wanted and it was a bit out of my comfort zone and like it just like didn't feel great in it and I remember that the photographer was like I feel like if you just like put it on and make it fashion it's fashion I'm like too a certain degree, yes, but there's a time and a place to experiment with your wardrobe, and at the time, when, like, I'm not the talent all of the time, and I was like, I would never – I'm like, if I'm telling you I'm uncomfortable in what I'm wearing, it's, like, time to take it off.
1: Right. <laughs> hey, well, it's that old adage, like, are the clothes wearing you or are you wearing the clothes, right? right. yeah. Yeah, I, I felt that way when I was modeling too. I always had such a strong opinion about what I was wearing. <laughs> there were so many times when they would put me in things that made me look terrible.
0: Yeah.
1: And I would be like, I know what I should be wearing. I know how I should do my makeup. Like I'm in the wrong seat here. <laughs> right, <yeah>. right. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like,
0: And I was like, I was like, this is an interesting lesson (laughs) because I think there are times when you should, because if you feel uncomfortable in the clothes that you're in, but you like the clothes themselves, like, it's like, why do I feel uncomfortable? It's like, make sure that I'm not just uh, feeling uncomfortable because I'm afraid of what people are going to think of me right? versus like, this just isn't for me. Like, this isn't my personality. This isn't. And I mean, from the beginning of this podcast, I'm like, not afraid to wear a wacky thing. Mm -hmm. It was just like that. i thought it was like you yeah Yeah. it wasn't me it wasn't like flattering the things that i love about myself it wasn't like highlighting yeah it was it was just a wild just goes to show how important like how you present yourself how important that is yeah 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 sure yeah and i remember like being on that photo shoot and like you having like switching from being like okay now i have to go into producer mode and like like being like, yeah, we need to change. It was just in that person was new, I think. Oh, well, yeah. Green, and I, 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 I ad- well, I felt kind of bad because I, I was kind of not that I took over, but I was like, I was also like, we're paying a lot of money to be here mm-hmm. and I'm going to make sure that I get as much of what i need out of this and um and so i kind of like went sifting through the because i I started like styling for us (laughs) (laughs) and uh i'm sure that's not like i mean i know that that's not like the proper etiquette but i was also i was like over here one day i'm i'm the client today (laughs) and this is what like if i were in the other person's shoes i would have been handling that situation completely differently anyways it was a good learning lesson that that day. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it happens, you know, I think it is always, you really do have to make sure that you're paying attention to the client because they are paying for a service and it isn't a a personal thing. And some people have no opinion and some people have very strong opinions. And then it's also recognizing that you are also hired for your opinion. So, you know, it's figuring out a way to present that, that it's helpful and not um, a hindrance or a criticism or anything like that.
0: Yeah. Do you? Would you say that you work well under pressure? or you ever? Do you ever show up to like a photo shoot or something, and then they and there's nothing that they like, and then we have to like completely pivot and like try something else?
1: Oh gosh. Well, I don't do photo shoots anymore. I do only private clients. Okay. Um, largely because I don't love schlepping, and it was You're, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it's a, totally it's a lot. It's a it's a, a totally different beast. Yeah. And again, it was a different there was a different meaning behind it and a different motivation. So, you know, I didn't find it as rewarding and fulfilling because I was still selling and I was still trying to execute someone's vision. But I did have one nightmare styling experience that has haunted me for the rest of my life. It's the worst day ever (laughs) styling. I was on a shoot for Marie Claire and we had originally been told Um, the model sizes, the details of the shoot, one of the things they said were um, bright colors, really like pop colors, and some other facts. I can't remember exactly. So I show up there the day of the shoot, and they're like, actually, the model is, well, she didn't even say it, but she was like a good two sizes bigger, pretty much than what, what I had pulled. And we weren't allowed to use any red because it was competing with the logo of the brand that we were working with. And I had pulled so much red and pink and like things that were close in that family. Yeah. So I all of a sudden was like, oh, like, I have nothing. I mean, yes. this is like horrendous. I don't Stress. have enough material. I just don't have enough, you know, and I'm already on the shoot. So I was in a total panic. I had one assistant and I called my like girlfriend who was in town visiting and I was like can you please come and be a second assistant and just like go to my apartment. I was like get bring me this 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 like bring me all these things. Go by Bloomingdale's get me these like all these things and she came and helped but even still it was so such a like I mean we had a time crunch and it was an mm-hmm. emergency that they ended yeah, up having yeah. to call a second stylist. Oh. Which is like humiliating. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. the worst day ever, worst experience ever. I felt so bad. But what can <laughs> you do? You know, you're already there.
0: I feel like everybody everybody has one of those stories where you are running around with your head cut off and like especially Everything's going wrong. especially working in advertising like I can't tell you how many time, like every shoot day I feel like I just run around with my head cut off and like I don't really I don't I haven't been on a shoot day in a long time like I haven't been doing that but like it's I just yeah yeah they they can be but they are very intense.
1: And and especially if you're young, right? Like I was probably 23 at the time or something yeah, and I didn't same. have any experiences like that and I was just like I'm never going to be hired again this is the end of my career I'm the worst mm-hmm. stylist on the planet you <laughs> know I just was so upset. And, you know, I'm with a much with a successful career way later to say, like, those days are going to happen and you're Mm going to survive them. And to this day, I'm still friends with the editors that were on that job. And, um, you know, they've contacted me for other things. And I've been like, do you remember that day the way that Mm -hmm. I remember that day?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) Honestly, like if a producer sees like how resourceful, like, I would imagine you weren't told the red the red rule so that's not that's not your fault and like any that's a producer's fault or whoever was in charge of like talking to you (laughs) that's like and like so there should be some leniency there of like she didn't sure. have all of the she didn't have all the rules and regulations before she went out and like did our job did the job she sure. was supposed to do
1: but I think it also like for me just taught me how much more prepared you need to be you always have to be prepared for that bomb like that yeah, bomb sure. can come in any way shape or form and ever since then like even when it's a personal styling client, like they can't come into the biggest dressing room ever. Like there are so many options because I learned that you have to have more than you think you're going to need,
0: Yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. editing is
1: important. It's got to be edited for sure. You can't throw too much stuff out there or it's confusing, but you also have to kind of imagine the variables and, be prepared for anything yeah. Yeah, yeah and I was
0: gonna say like I'm sure that experience being able to stay calm in the, yeah. the midst of a hurt, like calm, a storm like you know learning how to prepare and like for the, yeah uh, prepare and like even like now you have the idea of like any other if you were like ever going on a shoot again with somewhere with a label you're gonna be like thinking about the design of the magazine and how like the clothes pop up. it's like adds Completely. another layer of like you know in like you said you were young it's just like I think everyone has to go through. Like I have, I have memories of 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 just being like sitting in a situation and being like, "Can anything else happen?" Like, like I just (laughs) want to crawl at the end of that day. Like, (laughs) like it's just like it's it's kind of a, a rite of passage that you know things are gonna. Things are going to go waves up and down. You're going to be there's going to be moments where you're stressed, but it doesn't mean that you're not in the right place at the right time learning the thing that you need to be learning in that moment.
1: Yes. And my secret for a lot of things in life, and that that's a good experience, too, is to either zoom in or zoom out. Usually, like one of those things is going to help you from panicking or spiraling. So whether that's zooming out and realizing big picture, does this shoot actually matter? You know, does this, this is just one day we're going to get through it. There's going to be so many more experiences in my career. It's all going to be fine in the grand scheme of things. Like today, it's all I can focus on because I'm on the set with 10 people looking at me and trying to whatever. But if you zoom out, it's not going to be like that forever. This is not your only magazine you've ever worked for. This is not, you know, the only thing. And then alternatively, you know, sometimes it's zooming in and it's saying like, especially in a personal experience, well, what are the things that I'm really happy about right now? Or, you know, what are the things that really matter? Let's just look closely. Like, do I have all of my needs met? Am I actually, you know, in a functioning relationship? Do I have amazing friends? Or do I, I don't know, it's like finding something really tactile and small that you can grab onto so you're not kind of floundering and upset about something.
0: Yeah, It's really interesting. I I love that idea, and and it's not the the zoom in, zoom out. I think is just like a really interesting, really interesting way to like frame your mind and like a grounding practice. Like, yeah, and it makes me it makes me think about another question that we like to ask, which is how does mental and emotional health and wellness play a role in your everyday life and your
1: career and your business? Hugely, hugely, yeah, I. I've spent a lot of time taking care of myself, I think. I think the concept of self-care, I'm like, thank God everybody's on board with this because it's like the thing that has kept me sane. And mostly for me, it's moving my body. I really have to you know, stay active, do something in the morning that kind of makes me feel productive right away. Or I'm a Gemini. I've got a lot of energy. I feel <laughs> like I'll start to just be like, ah, oh, I'm not productive enough if I hadn't done something already by 9 a.m. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then eating well for my body too, just gives me that strength. It's kind of like the dressing thing. Like if I feel strong and healthy, then I feel like I'm in a good place to tackle the rest of my day. And I've been through some health scares and some like gut issues that were really bad and thyroid issues. And it essentially, it makes it, it makes it difficult to do anything else. Right. And, and now that I've kind of gotten through it, it's, I'm so grateful for it every time I have a slice of bread, like every time I have a huge nourishing meal and I don't have a stomach ache, I'm like, this is amazing. Like I can button my jeans. I'm not so crazy bloated. Like I don't have constant anxiety. And, you know, um, because for me too, it was a lot of not listening to my gut in my personal life and things that were going on coupled with some things that were probably physical triggers and it just manifested, you know, like it completely became a physical problem that was originally mostly emotional and spiritual. So what I found during that time when I felt so hopeless for so long and like, will I ever be able to eat normally again? And I was down to 105 pounds, I was like tiny and I felt so like everything was painful. And so you're in that place where you're kind of like, I don't know if I'll ever be normal again. Like I used to eat so much and I used to be so healthy and now I can't and I can't even like see a way out. And the way that I found my way out of it was definitely partially physical you know like i took the right supplements and i did whatever but it was also really spiritual it was really like i mean kundalini yoga was great for me um breath work was great for me and just honing in on my spirituality and reconnecting with self and what mattered was huge 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 and i went deep in the like bohemian woo woo you know i went to costa rica for a month i did like amazing a lot of meditation um and it was so transformative for me that now it's kind of like, how do I incorporate that in my daily life all the time? And how do I listen to my gut is my number one thing. Like, what do you, you know, if there's like one tiny little voice that's saying something is wrong, I try to listen to it right away and say, where's it coming from? You know, mm-hmm. like, how can I address that right now rather than pushing it away or saying, I'm going to stay in this job or this relationship or whatever, just because it seems right on the surface and I'm scared of what else is out there. and. Mm-hmm you know, not, not making those little voices become big voices that become something worse down the road. Yeah. Okay.
0: That was such a powerful story. Yeah. And I feel like something that's been coming up for me, like in my life and in my circle is, uh, the, the less or the, the message that like, if something's, if one thing, so mental, emotional, spiritual, spiritual and physical health, all super important. And if one is off, the others fall out of place so quickly Mm -hmm. and one thing that I think or or one uh, part of the triangle that I think is left behind a lot or forgotten or not understood is how like your spiritual health can affect your physical health or how your emotional health can affect your physical health they are so intertwined and it's like all of a sudden like you're not taking care of the things that you can't touch and but then your body your vessel can fall apart on you so easily in different ways. Like maybe it's acne, maybe it's bloating, maybe it's like, I don't like f- fatigue, like there's mm-hmm. they it manifests itself in different ways. And then of course, if you like go a long time without, without, uh, taking care of it or starting to do the healing and stuff, then you have to go, then you have to really create space to like get back in balance and like balance is so important.
1: Yeah. The longer you go without it, the longer it takes to recover. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It was making me think of like we're we're talking about how you your your demeanor and your in your um, your mood and your confidence can change by like what you wear. But I'm like the first thing that your soul is wearing is your body. So if like so if like you don't take care of and like make sure that it feels good then you know it'll be the same effect if like they put you in a weird a weird like thing that you don't look good in on set and you're trying to like look good for your picture or you're trying to like show up for like a good good analogy thing I was just like wow
1: yeah (laughs) the
0: the first thing that you wear is your body so you want to like make sure that it feels the way that you want it to feel and that you feel good in your own skin yeah mind Um, body soul mind body soul Mm -hmm.
1: yes no that's very true and I think that you know that can go in two different ways too. So sometimes that might make you push yourself really hard to stay in a certain physical shape. And to some extent that can be amazing and great and be motivating to stay like healthy and in shape. And then sometimes it goes too far, right? Right. Because your vision of what your body should look like maybe is not the healthiest. And so I think it's kind of marrying that what's in the mirror and what's in your head and Mm -hmm. really realizing what is real and, um, being able to fall in love with that, you know, and, and own that and, um, and wear that with confidence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
0: love that you brought that up. Um, something that Lindsay's been saying a lot recently is like, I just want to treat my body right. I want to move it, like I move it to be healthy. I want to put healthy things in my body Mm -hmm. and I want to do the things that I need to do to keep keep myself like feeling good and however that manifests in how i look in, in the mirror look. like whatever happens on the output sca- like side then i'm happy as yeah. long as like cool. as long as i'm treating it as long as like the like like and, and it's so hard because everybody's different so like i've been feeling re- i was like i want to get a nutritionist because like what do i spe- what does my body specifically need and like i've been really into i've been like getting really into herbalism like how kind of like, you know, I'm like, I want to grow my own things, because how can I trust that the grocery store isn't getting it from like the I mean, I'm going down a whole journey in that in that sense. But like, I worry about that,
1: too. It's so hard. yeah,
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, but one thing that I learned, like, I've been really into beet juice lately, because apparently it clears out it will, it does something good for your blood. And then it also really clears out the toxic waste in your gut. Yeah, which I'm like, Let's get all that shit out of there, because <laughs> like, because <laughs> gut health is so important. I never realized, like growing up, how important like gut health is, oh, yeah. where it's where everything else stems, like fatigue and all of all like acne, all, everything, everything, and. and like cancer, like all of this bad stuff can yeah. stem from your gut health.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much serotonin in your gut. I can't remember yeah. what the actual numbers are, but it's, there's a reason that if your digestion is off, you feel depressed or you feel sad or you feel, you know, like moody. And it's not just because you have to go to the bathroom. It's like, there's a lot of physical, physical and psychological things that are tied together for sure.
0: Yeah. yeah. As we're like kind of creeping up on our hour mark here, is there anything that we haven't covered yet that you want to touch on before we move into the peachy clean segment?
1: Um, I mean, we've talked about it, but I think just follow your gut. I think following your gut has been the through line through my entire life, both my personal life in relationships. You know, a lot of people have been wondered why I might have broken up with someone or, you know, diff- chosen a different path or whatever. and And those decisions have always been right. And- they've always they've not made sense on the outside sometimes but if you really feel something to to listen to it and career-wise even before styling i made so many decisions in my career that were gut-based um versus what made sense linearly in terms of a linear trajectory you know trajectory for your career i mean the first example my first serious fashion job was Diane von Furstenberg and I had an offer for Stuart Weitzman at the same time and the Stuart Weitzman offices were like gray cubicles. It was super serious. It was a little bit more traditional, but they offered me the PR job that I wanted. Like it was exactly what I said I wanted. The people were amazing. It was a great salary, like a hundred percent just on paper looked like the right Right. choice. And Mm -hmm. then I interviewed at Diana Furseberg and they had a different opening that was not what I wanted, but I loved the environment. They had purple carpet, they had a spiral staircase, there were Warhols, original Warhols of DBF all over the walls. Oh, awesome. And I was like, this is the place that I need to be, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it just felt right. And I didn't know what the lessons were going to be. But I ended up learning so much in that job, not just about how to work in an office place or, you know, how to do my job as a PR person or a salesperson. But really, like, the interpersonal experiences that I had were absolute gold. I mean, working in the meatpacking district and the time when it was at its highlight and, you know, working with such creative people and, like, just the opportunities that were afforded by this network based on this network were worth, absolutely everything. And so I never regretted it. And I never would have known that those lessons would have been what I got from that, you know. And I kept kind of choosing those, those things along the way. Again, like when I chose Kiki de Montparnasse, it was because of the environment, the people were so interesting. And it ended up, you know, giving me a chance to travel and do all kinds of other interesting things that had nothing to do with my skill set learned in the job, really. It was like, Mm -hmm, yeah. And then eventually that led to me being unhappy in that role and forcing me into what I'm doing now had I not chosen that maybe it wouldn't have been as obvious you know Mm
0: -hmm. love I love that I think that um and especially something that is helpful I think for people who are trying to listen to their gut would be to like maybe journal about it a little bit like run it through like like talk it through with yourself and yes. like and and I mean, everyone's going to have a time in their life where they're like, it's I have to decision. go against the grain of society. I have to go against like what maybe feel logically safe. feels safe. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times those decisions end up being the
1: best ones that you can make for yourself. Big time. And I think. Talking it through with yourself is a great way of putting it and also a reminder that maybe it's not talking it through with other people unless yeah. you have people that you know, know you really well, mm-hmm. and are really going to be open to to whatever those thoughts are, you know, yeah. but you don't need naysayers in those moments like Mm-mm. you really just have to sit with yourself, but also be really truthful with yourself too, you know, and And say like, okay, but is this thing going to make me happy or am I choosing it out of ego or am I choosing it because I have something to prove, you know, Mm -hmm. and make sure that you're making a decision from a really well-informed place. Yeah. And being honest with yourself. Yeah. Yes. And there's also, before we hop off, one um, podcaster that I would totally recommend for people who are looking to kind of get inspired in whatever direction it is. And it's Lacey Phillips, expanded by Lacey Phillips. Yes. Yes love her i yeah. i've I loved all of her podcast episodes, and I just think that the the process that she does is essentially you know it's looking at shadow, it's removing blocks, it's finding expanders, which is you know people to inspire you, and going through all of those things can kind of unlock whatever it is you're looking for. It's just an interesting way of reframing a lot of different thoughts that we already know and have, you know yeah
0: yeah yeah i I love that podcast, it kind of reminds me of like spiritual Brene Brown.
1: Mm. You know yes, I mean? who I love. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same. I've seen her Netflix special like three times. I make oh, everybody yeah. watch
0: it. I like, can't even tell you I'm looking at three of her books right now. Like, <laughs> I love Brene right. <laughs> I I really love how like – I don't. I feel like spirituality is really having a coming of age. Like a lot of That's people, sure. yeah, it's are like looking at it with the di- through a different lens now. It's not just kind of like this weird, you know. Everyone calls it like the woo woo world. It's like not like I think people are really starting to understand that it's not this, this weird war- there's, like there's, thing. We're connected. It's, it's yeah it's it's an actual thing and it has a lot of benefits when you tap into and like spirituality can be anything it can it could be someone you know it could be you going to church every Sunday or it could be you like doing a new moon ritual like at once a month mm-hmm. it could be anything anything that feels good anything that feels like you're connecting with something that makes you feel good
1: mm-hmm. yes
0: and I mean I I do I'm really loving how out of like a lot of the conversations that we've had on the podcast a lot of our friends mm-hmm. people are starting to, tap into that more yeah. and find the importance yeah. in it and it's just it feel it I love to see it yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. it's exciting it's it is exciting and important yeah. it is yes. and thank goodness
1: <laughs> yeah for sure yeah
0: big time okay so um did you do you uh do you know what our peachy clean segment is I'm pretty sure we did we email yeah okay yes. cool so I'd love it if we could slide into that peachy clean segment do you have anything that you'd like to come clean about
1: and the only thing that just came to mind is I don't watch any reality TV and I'm terrible at pop culture. Like <laughs> I hate it. I just like am not into most pop culture. And I think it's like a lot of it is because it tends to be a very teardown culture. It's very negative oh, yeah. a lot of yeah. times.
0: It is. Well, I, and I think people will just watch those things just to talk shit. Just to yeah. judge. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not the best use of your pastime or yeah, your, yeah, your free yeah. time, I don't think.
1: No, and if anything, it's the worst because it it lowers your vibration. You know, it doesn't it doesn't make you. It might make you feel immediately better to make fun of somebody in real life or on yeah. TV, but it long term does not help anyone. No, no, no.
0: Yeah, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. I we do the I'm pr- the only like reality. And correct me if I'm wrong. The only reality TV that we, we really watch. We really the watch the is The Bachelor, which I feel like we've been starting to. Well, especially step this away past from. season, uh-huh. is, it was. It's, it was hard to because we weren't happy with like who they picked to be the the show kind of disappointed us a bit but (laughs) (laughs) like
1: the main character there's a problem
0: (laughs) but yeah I think I mean that is a very like that's a very good point (laughs) well yeah well and every time that we we watch it's like I'll notice myself starting to like make fun or be nasty (laughs) and then I'm like no.
1: <laughs> it's so easy. It's so easy. You know, like we all have all of a sudden we're these like armchair panelists judging right. everybody. On- I'm, just, I'm just like
0: sitting here in my sweatpants eating whatever.
1: Right. And you're like, she should my- be in better shape. Look at her outfit. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> Yeah. yeah. It's it's easy to do and and you know it's bothered me ever since like tabloid days when you would see us oh, yeah. people sure, like who wore it best or ew look at this person getting out of the beach her body is disgusting now and it's like that makes me so incredibly angry about our society it's just disgusting it's one of like the lowest things that we can do to each other is to create this environment where we're constantly shaming. worried and shaming and uncomfortable mm-hmm. And it, it definitely, it affects everybody personally, and especially women. And I think it's even harder now with social media when everybody's more and more judgy and more and more, you know, looking at themselves constantly. Like how often did we used to look at ourselves? We would have photos and pictures occasionally, but they were like, sorry, my light is blinking over. It's okay. <laughs> it's from the gods. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, it was, it was not as high res. It was not as detailed. And now everybody's like, we have to have filters because I can see all these freckles that I used to not see. It's insane.
0: The filters are insane. It's bonkers.
1: And it's it's hard not to be because you're in a constant state of comparison. And so I think just we have enough of that going on with social media. And as much as that is like a huge integral part of our lives, we don't need it in reality TV. Like I just, I don't, I don't need the the pop culture. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get my inspo from real people. And, and, you know, my one exception, though, is I've been binge watching Stylish by Jenna Lyons from like last year or two years ago. I just found it. Mm. okay and I love her and I've always thought she was just like a creative genius but on the show also it's like the one show where everybody's super positive she's so kind all the time Uh Uh she's so thoughtful in her choices and the way that they you know approach things and it's just not a nasty reality show and so I'm like okay if reality was more like this it wouldn't be so bad
0: yeah Yeah. maybe we'll start to like rework and research like have a revamping of reality tv I hope so Um. Yeah, because it, it has the opportunity to be super powerful. For like sure. a lot of there's like even TV shows that like uh, produce TV shows are starting. I think, I think like Freeform and ABC are doing such an, an an incredible job with like bringing like social issues and like to to an entertaining space and like having dialogue about like there's just right. so many.
1: Yeah, no, it good is true. It's, happening. It's very powerful. And even when you think about like some of the makeover shows from the early days too, like, you know, extreme home makeover, extreme makeover, I would love yeah, yeah. to work on a show. Like, that's my my dream was to have a show that was more my story of how I'm working with people and showing everyone's individual stories and how powerful it can be. Because yeah, that's like, real TV or real life on TV that can be inspiring and powerful. And and helps people relate too, because I think when you see people, other people struggling, or other people that you think look like they have it all together, and you recognize that everybody goes through different challenges, um, it's very inspiring and empowering, and gives you a chance to kind of relook at yourself in a new way.
0: Yeah, 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 I think uh, what th- the Fab Five is doing a really good job of that too, and I think there we can we can learn a lot from like how they're go- about their process. Yeah. So we, mm-hmm. need, we need more we need more of like. Quality, and, Quality nice. and like not going in to like make you fit the status quo, but make going in to make you feel like yourself kind yes. of thing.
1: Yeah, 100%. I used to work with Stacy London and she's great. She's so funny and she's wonderful. And this is another Kismet story too. I know we're going over now, but <laughs> oh, yeah, we're good. We're good. <laughs> okay. We, um, so I, a thousand years ago, was when I was still at Kiki de Montparnasse, I, was ho- I would host events, and so the events would always be centered around a talent, and it was always, like, some romantic talent, like, you know, erotic drawing, or this psychic approached me and was like, I want to do romantic readings for you, and oh for God. your, um, you know, I want to do a class on that, and I was like, that sounds amazing, so they offered me a free reading to, to see, like, the experience so and how- cool. talents, and so one of the things that she said to me, she said a lot of things that were all very spot on. Um, And one of the things she said to me, and this was a year before I quit my job, probably at least, was I see you doing your own thing. I think you're going to leave like, you know, what you're doing and it's going to be a totally different life for you. And for some reason, Stacey London is coming up and she was like, I think you should just like email her and like kind of see what she's doing. And maybe you could do something similar. And I think you should talk to Stacey Lynn. And I was like, are you insane? Like I'm (laughs) going to email this random woman who like used to be on whatever TV show was years ago. And I always thought she was great, but you know, what are you talking about? Cut to, Two years later, or a year and a half later, or something. I left my job. I became an independent stylist, like mm-hmm. by accident. And the first job that I got as an assistant stylist for a photo shoot was assisting the stylist for Stacy London on the Today, Today Show. So when I even got the the job, like in the email, I didn't even see Stacy London on there. All it said oh was God. the Today Show. That's so cool! It was crazy. And so you know, and it led to me becoming a part of her network later, and and working with her. But it was just a weird. I yeah. love it. Kismet experience. I love that. And my point is on her show it's very it was very like that like kind of mean girl thing but in a funny way and I was always like I'm the anti stacy London even though actually she's awesome and I love her as a woman and I think she's like incredible um, but I, I like that positivity that's happening now you know mm-hmm.
0: absolutely yeah absolutely Wow, lift people up yeah wow. that's such a cool story I love yeah. that I love when the universe like shows it's like shows it's face yeah
1: I have a million of those <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: and I think that comes from like if you if you open yourself up and you like fought, like like you were saying, like, follow your gut that mm-hmm. more of those happen in life. Like, you get little winks from the universe in different ways. And yeah.
1: Yes. And I think being open, I think that's another thing in general that's helpful is being open to opportunities when they do arise, no matter how yeah. silly or how small. So, you know, a- another like thread that I followed when I was young was my dad had been to a wedding before I was moving to New York. And he met this woman and he was like, oh, you live in New York. My daughter is moving to New York. She doesn't know a soul. Um, You know, can you help her like get land on her feet? My dad sends me the information of this woman. I'm like, I'm not going to email this random older woman about like nothing. She works for (laughs) Bloomberg. You know, like I don't want to work for Bloomberg. I want to work in fashion. Um, Totally different thing. But I was like, let me just meet her because I don't know anybody. And why not? She turns out to be the nicest woman. She's like, I can't do anything for you. But, you know, who can? My friend Rufus. And he turned out to eventually be my boss later when he launched his own shirt line. And that wasn't even immediate either. At the time he was working in graphic design, doing something totally different. And I was like, well, you're a wonderful contact to know a wonderful person. And then we stayed in touch and later down the line, it became a job, you know? So I think like following those little pings, those little opportunities as they come and not being embarrassed to or afraid to, or like nothing is too small, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I, I totally agree. And I mean, shoot. It's always like shoot your shot and you never know who's going to have the answers for you. Yeah. You never know what kind of connection is going to bring an opportunity in or what kind of or what kind of connection is going to just like I mean, even even if that person was just going to be like a, a lovely new friend or a lovely new support system, like yeah. you Hold just on. never know what. Like if someone's being put in your path, like you should definitely explore it. Yeah, yeah. I also, I also want to say that uh, I think sometimes the universe will give us opportunities to say no. Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. some, and that's and that's a part of like following your gut as well. So like, they'll put something. It, the universe can put something in your path, and it's like, is it for me, or is it the, or is this an opportunity to say no? Like, is this an opportunity to break a pattern?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's that's again to quote Lacey Phillips, like a test. Sometimes, you know, it's how, how much are you listening to yourself versus the, like the outside world? what's being told to you
0: 100 100 amazing well now you're all peachy clean clean. thank you so much for sharing (laughs) but this has been such a lovely conversation thank you so much for giving us some of your time today honestly so many good so many good like topics were covered yeah do you want to roll through where people can find and connect with you
1: sure yeah my instagram is natty n-a-t-t-y underscore style so Natty style with the underscore is pretty much where you can find me everywhere. And then my website is natalie So it's my full name and that, that has all my how to work with me and contacts and,
0: everything else. Love it. All of um, all of Natalie's goodies will be in the show notes, so definitely head over there, check it out, give her some love. Um, yeah. But thank you, thank you, thank you so, so much. All right, Peaches, that does it for this week's episode. Thank you so, so much for tuning in, and a big thank you to Natalie for coming on. If you liked what you heard today, please take some time to like and share with a friend. If you can hit that big subscribe button on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to us on, that would help us greatly. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, if you leave us that five-star written review, that really helps us get into the ears of new listeners and grow as a community. If you are looking to get more connected with us, you can find us on Instagram at Let's Talk underscore Peaches. You can head on over to our website, www.letstalkpeaches.com, where you can possibly snag some incredible merch. Other than that, we will see you back here next Monday for another episode. Bye, Bye, peaches. Peaches. That was amazing.